I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. The most valuable commodity I know of is information. Wouldn't you agree? I got $5. This is a run to the left. How many tackles can one man break? You're saying that humans need fantasy to make life bearable. Humans need fantasy to be human. Ooh, my goodness, that was good. You guys are pros. The bats, relentless, refusing to give up. All right, hit that horn, babe. Let's dance. What is up, everybody? Welcome to the Fantasy Flex Night Shift Podcast. Where every Friday, Sean and I will speak to everybody out there clocking those late night DFS hours as we break down the Sunday night and Monday night football DFS slates. And this week, we got a Saturday slate, so we're going to start with that. And if you heard Sean and I talking player projections this week on the Action Network podcast, welcome back for even more good stuff. If you haven't yet, be sure to check that out over on the Action Network podcast channel. Sean, what's going on? What's up? Yeah, I'm very excited that we get a nice little three-game Saturday slate. Uh, can't wait, but uh, how are you doing? Feeling good, man. Excited to uh, get some Saturday football. You know, yeah. unfortunately, we can't go see Baker Mayfield tonight uh, as we record this on a Thursday. But Says who? <laughs> I mean, he's not playing. He's not playing. Well, I mean, no, I'm just saying we could. We still have time. We can go see the Seahawks game, though. Oh, yeah, that's actually If true. we hustle. If we <laughs> hustle. What is a flight like? An hour, hour and a half? An hour? Oh no! Uh, wait, shit. Yeah, maybe like two hours. I would say. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's, that's a day. We, we got. We would have to hustle. <laughs> uh, let's hustle right into the Saturday slate, and uh, we have three games: Indianapolis, Minnesota, Cleveland, Baltimore, and Miami, Buffalo. So let's go through each position. Uh, just kind of talk about somebody we're eyeing uh, value-wise. Who do you like at quarterback? Yeah, so, I mean, I told you that this Bills game could see a ton of snow. It looks like the forecast is holding true, and they're not relocating, at least yet. So I think, you know, Josh Allen, if you want to spend up and be contrarian, he still might be in play. Like, he can lean on his rushing ability. He could still have a big game even in the snow. So he's viable um, at 8.3K. And I, I think my main play, my main cheat play, I should say, would be Matt Ryan at 5,200 against the Vikings. Now, obviously he's stuck all year basically, but when he does have a clean pocket, he's a lot better. Um, when facing pressure this season, he ranks 33rd out of 36 qualified QBs. Uh, but in a clean pocket, he ranks 12th out of 36. And the Vikings, you know, they've struggled to generate pressure this year. I think they're 25th in terms of generating pressure, but the last four games, they've been bottom three. Um, so Ryan could have a clean pocket. And, uh, you know, a three-game slate like this at 5,200, you can – uh, really save up and take a lot of these other studs that I like on the slate. So uh, I think Ryan is the best bang for your buck. Maybe maybe not in cash, but certainly GPP stacked up with Michael Pittman. Uh, a couple things. Uh, this snow in Buffalo. Yeah. So it's interesting because I was talking to Stucky and he was saying how uh, there's always the possibility of a snover 
which is when, you know, it snows, but it's not like that terrible, terrible snow that's going to, you know, just kill everything. Uh, but you, we won't know if it's a snow over till like maybe an hour before. So yeah, we definitely need to kind of watch this uh, forecast because it's been kind of switching around. But it looks like we should get some snow uh, regardless in Buffalo, some some bad weather uh, for that game. So something to keep an eye on. Yeah, I think in any capacity, Josh Allen's going to be hard to cover, uh, whether the passing game or, like yeah. I said, if he scrambles in the snow, um, he he could have an edge there. I think Tua, especially considering just their their team total is so low, that's why I didn't say him. Uh, but, yeah, I, I kind of agree with that. Kind of investing in this game still, if there's snow, I think makes a ton of sense. Yeah, well, the Dolphins team total as well because they were – didn't you mention it? They were – they had like the heating lamps on at the, in the in LA last weekend. Like it, it was always like wow. Well, it is. I mean, I, I think it's cold here. Other people are gonna laugh. I it's mean, high fifties. You know, hey, as but... a New York, as a native New York, <laughs> that like I, come on, like if the the Dolphins are in trouble if they if they were cold, right? Because uh, so yeah, that's why their team told as well. I think Buffalo will be all right. Uh, yeah, I like Kirk Cousins in this uh, on the slate. Uh, just value dollar for dollar. Uh, he's six K on DraftKings, seventy five hundred on FanDuel. He's my QB eight this week. So uh, you know he kind of clocks in as the top value for me, uh, mid range guy. But you know whether it's been a positive or negative game script, he's been throwing a ton of passes because his yards per completion is down. So you know he'll get his you know two hundred seventy yards, sometimes a lot more than that, but he usually takes like 25, 28 completions and a lot of good things can happen. And I, I do think the Colts will challenge the Vikings in this spot. So yeah. I, I do think, like, I don't think the Vikings will be able to just sit on the ball, but they don't really do that anyway. Like they're not running as much. Uh, Alexander Madison's going to waste pretty much. I mean, he gets like three, four touches a game now because they're, they're, they're pretty pass heavy team. So I think Cousins has a high floor, uh, but also a high ceiling as we saw you know, last week he threw for what over 400 against the Lions. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, like like Cousins this week. Let's jump to running back. What do you like? Uh, I mean, so Jonathan Taylor at 7200 is this a smash play? Um, I thought I was high on him. He's my RB three this week. I, I believe you had an RB one, uh, but it's it's just a great spot for him. And even if they do get down, I, I agree. I, I'm probably going to be on the Colts plus four and a half as well. I think they'll keep it close. But even if they trail. You know, he's been averaging a 75% routes run rate the past four games. He seems like a lock for two, three catches at least here. Uh, so he just has a massive floor-ceiling combo. Um, I'll probably use him in my non-Matt Ryan, uh, Michael Pittman stacks. <laughs> I wouldn't stack him with Matt Ryan. Um, so he he seems like the clear top play, at least on this slate. Um, a little bit further down, I think Raheem Moser at 5,300. Uh, you know, he has basically taken over as the lead back for the Dolphins right now, we'll see if that sticks. I kind of said that this could be just, you know, something that flips every given week. So right now, Mozart is the lead back. And, you know, in a snow game, he could have some success. You know, the Dolphins probably have to lean on the run a bit more. He's also, you know, one-cut runner, really good, you know, home run threat. So in a snow game, he could have, uh, you know, even more upside uh, just based on the conditions, based on his running style. So at 5,300, he makes sense. And he has, you know, he hasn't been seeing many targets, but he typically does lead the backfield and routes run as well. So if this does turn into a trailing game script, he could actually end up, you know, racking up a few catches as well. Uh, but I just like his uh, ceiling, at least uh, at this price point on a three game slate. Yeah, he, you know, looks like Wilson's going to miss. So he would be in line for feature duties. They really don't like to mix in other guys. 
yeah. uh, outside of those two. But for like a super dart throw, if Wilson is out, they'll probably have Miles Gaskin active. When he's been active, he's only been active a few games, but he's tended to play over Savan Ahmed when he's active. Yeah. So uh, that is something to watch, you know, if you're maybe doing a showdown slate, if you're just going for like a home run dart throw, you know, maybe some garbage time in this game or something. But Gaskin tends to play over Ahmed and, and play on some passing downs uh, if he is active. So that's something to note. Uh, yeah, love Taylor. That's that's my top play, probably all across all positions. I just think he's mm. amazing value, especially on DraftKings at 7,200. Uh, 20, 20 plus carries and two plus catches in all four games since Jeff Saturday took over. I also like James Cook. Uh, kind of didn't didn't uh, live up to the hype last week. You know, usage went back down to a little closer to his season long levels. But in the past game, he's still seeing elevated usage. Uh, he's he's seen a, a season high fifteen and thirteen routes over the last two weeks, and he has a forty percent route participation rate, which is you know pretty much double his season average. So even though the carries weren't there last week. Uh, he's still seeing work in the passing game and, you know, they could lean on some short passes. You know, if it is snowing, they might not be able to throw it down the field. I mean, Josh Allen has an arm, so he probably still could do whatever he wants, but you know, they, they like cooking the pass game. Uh, I think this dolphin defense is going to have some trouble defending him out of the backfield. So uh, like cook, I just think the value is really good. 5,300 on FanDuel, especially, uh, but also 4,800 on DraftKings where you get that full point per reception. Yeah. Yeah, I know. I love that call. Actually, I haven't projected for 0.1 more points than Singletary even. And, you know, he's about $1,000 cheaper. He's also, you know, he's priced way too cheap. He's cheaper than Alexander Madison, Deion Jackson. Come on. So, yeah, I, I do like him on this slide. Yeah, I mean, whichever guy I, I rank higher, the other guy will go off. So I'm, I'm just going to. Oh, add. don't say that. No, no your fancy pros <laughs> rank always, this season says otherwise. Always, no, but I'm saying there's certain guys, you know, you just like, yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh, it's like acres and Tyron for you, I guess. It's just like, oh, oh my God. More on that funny. later. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> all right. Let's, uh, let's go to wide receiver. Who do you like? Yeah. So I already mentioned, you know, I, I like a Matt Ryan, Michael Pittman stack uh, against the Vikings. Pittman's only 5,800 and, you know, he's, Definitely going to bounce back after his two-catch 16-yard game against Dallas uh, before the the bye. I mentioned, you know, Matt Ryan should have a clean pocket, more often at least, uh, in this matchup. And Pittman's target share goes from 21% when their QB's pressured up to 24.3% with a clean pocket. So this is a great matchup for him. I mean, this this Viking secondary uh, has been really rough lately. You know, they left Jamison Williams. Uh, wide open for that touchdown so this is just a great bounce back spot for Pittman he's way too cheap on this three game slate uh, and then a little bit down the radar like the David Bell at 3100 I love this play he has a great dart throw on a three game slate um, Deshaun Watson certainly raises his ceiling but you know his ceiling isn't that high but it's high enough on a three game slate where if he were to get you know four to five catch game even without a touchdown that might be enough but last week you know he had a season high 78 percent routes run rate. Um, he lines up in the slot. So against the Ravens, he's going to avoid Marcus Peters, Marlon Humphrey. And, you know, the Ravens have allowed a league worst 74% catch rate to slot wide receivers. So this could be, you know, a sneaky eruption spot, so to speak, for David Bell. Again, we're not asking for much. He's only 3,100. So like a four catch game could be enough uh, to win this slate. Ooh, that, that's a call right there. Erupt, sneaky eruption spot. For Does me. he even have a four catch game this year? That, I, that would be an eruption. I want to say his season high is like two, but let's see. Let's, let me check right now. 
he's gotten three. Oh no, he has uh week eleven and twelve. He had four catch games. Oh yeah, right before uh right before when, when yeah. was the Bucks game, I think it was. Yeah, Bills and Bucks. Every time I Google David Bell, the baseball player David Bell comes up. Oh, old school. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Take me a second there. But uh yeah, I love Pittman. And you know, on this slate, because you only have three games. I actually don't mind stacking Matt Ryan, Jonathan Taylor, mm-hmm. and Michael Pittman because, you know, let's say the Colts just have a really good game against that Viking defense. Those three guys are going to all be – are all probably going to exceed value. Like, there's a very good chance that, you know, they're cheap enough yeah. that so, – so I don't mind it on the three-game slate. And, you know, the Colts, when Michael Pittman gets, you know, 50-plus yards – which the Vikings are allowing 87 schedule adjusted yards to number one wide receivers. Uh, the Colts are four, four and one, and two of those losses are by a point. So they tend to keep it close uh, mm. and, you know, kind of do well in those spots. So little kind of betting nugget, but also kind of game script thing there where uh, I, yeah, I don't mind the, uh, the Ryan Taylor Pittman stack because Taylor could always take a, get a receiving touchdown. He's, He's going to yeah. get three balls at least. So, And with, with that stack, you would just hope one of the eight tight ends don't get a touchdown. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> hey, you can even go – it's a three-game slate. You could you could yeah. get away with four if – you know, like if – let's say the Colts do what most teams have done to the Vikings and put up like 400, 450 yards of offense. Right. You might need four Colts, especially if this Buffalo game plays out exactly. uh, how, how, you, how you think it is with the snow. So you might need, you know – four guys on a coach and then one from every other game or something like that. So yep. no, one from every yeah, other game. That, that could definitely work. Yep. Uh, I would say like Isaiah McKenzie uh, in this spot. So uh, among those, you know, wide receivers right above the true dart minimum price dart throws and like that, you know, high three, low four K range on DraftKings uh, and the mid fives on FanDuel. I think McKenzie's the best value. Uh, Miami plays a ton of man coverage and McKenzie uh, is second on the bills with 19 targets against man coverage and he's more of an underneath guy you know kind of a gadget guy so they you know the snow shouldn't affect him as again as much as somebody like Gabe Davis uh, or even Stefan Diggs for that matter so mm-hmm. I think this could be a McKenzie game and I, I do think he's more he shows more value than guys like KJ Osborne uh, and, and guys like that Alec Pierce is the other one uh, shows pretty good value uh, at 3900 but uh, McKenzie a little more for me is uh, Cole Beasley gonna play this week he has a chance to. Uh, I, I'm I'm guessing if he does, they'd probably elevate him over John Brown this week. But mm. uh, either way, it's probably not going to amount to more than you know, you know, a handful of snaps. So I mean, yeah, maybe maybe like down the road he could eat into McKenzie's um, usage, but probably not this week. Yeah, I mean, McKenzie's been playing pretty decently lately. Like I thought he mm. was going uh kind of trending downward. And I thought Khalil Shakir was going to eat into his snaps. Mm-hmm. McKenzie's actually been you know, taking some of Shakir's snaps. And so, uh, yeah, I, I don't know. But, I mean, if Beasley's active, I think that's definitely a, a, a dart throw because it's he's not like a normal – like, let's say, T.Y. Hilton in Dallas who has to wear in the playbook. Yeah, yeah. Like, Beasley's going to know what it is. And we've seen Beasley get 10 catch games from Josh Allen. So, if they want to put him on the field, uh, you know, he, he could do some work. But uh, I don't know if this is the game for it. We'll see. Uh, all right, tight end. Who do you like? So I, I'm just not messing around at tight end. I think this is the position we definitely want to spend up at. Uh, TJ Hawkinson, uh, probably too cheap at 5K. He's my tight end too right now. 
Um, second straight game with a 90% plus routes run rate. Uh, caught six balls for 77 yards. Had a pretty brutal drop. Uh, so he could have had an even bigger game. Uh, but he's he's established himself as a high floor, high ceiling option in their offense. Um, and I actually have him 2.5 points higher than Mark Andrews, who has really been struggling since week six. It's actually pretty crazy. Um, and so he's $700 more expensive. So love Hawkinson here. And then if you don't want to take Hawkinson, you could take um, David Joku at 4,200. You know, last week he saw a 90% routes run rate, which is elite. Uh, and he cashed in with the seven catch 59 yard game on a touchdown. So um, having Deshaun Watson uh, potentially playing at a higher level, even this week is only going to raise Joku's ceiling even more. So I'm not screwing around tight end. I think you got to spend up and take one of these two guys. Yeah, love Hawkinson. Uh, he stands out as a value to me. Indianapolis 28th in DVOA against tight ends. But, uh, you know, something that you got to you gotta probably switch it up a little in tournament. So one guy I would take some shots at is Jelani Woods, mm-hmm. uh, 4,500 on FanDuel, 2,700 on DraftKings. 18% of his receptions have gone for touchdowns. Uh, rookie coming off the bye. You know, we've already seen him had a, I think it was a multi-touchdown game. We've already seen him with a uh, big volume game. I think he had like, what was it, 90 or so yards against uh, Pittsburgh. Let me see exactly how many he had. He had yeah, 98. Eight yeah, yeah, eight for 98 on nine targets against Pittsburgh a couple weeks ago. Uh, and he had that multi-touchdown game in week three against the Chiefs. So, you know, he's shown us kind of the requisite upside to score fantasy points in a lot of different ways. And, you know, coming off the bye, rookie, you know, could see a bump up in in playing time, maybe similar yeah. to that Pittsburgh game, because I, I think he was on an injury report the game after that. And so his snaps kind of bumped back down, but uh, could see a jump back up. They're, they're using Cox less, Moawi Cox less and less uh, these days. Uh, all right, that is the Saturday slate. Uh, let's jump to the Sunday night football Slate, we got the Giants going to Washington to take on the Commanders. Commanders favored by four and a half, uh, their highest spread of the year. And the total is 40 and a half again after it went under, uh, even though they played 10 extra minutes last game. Uh, the Freaks come out at night. We like to have a Freak performance in the captain spot. Got to go with uh, Brian Robinson here. Um, too bad I didn't get one of those like big hats uh, <laughs> to, to go with this, but um, he, he's just a clear play here. Uh, should be a lower scoring game. And, you know, the Giants struggle against the run. They rank 31st in DVO against the run. Sounds like Leonard Williams should return to action this week, but if he's held out or, you know, his neck injury limits him at all, it's only going to make this matchup better. Um, and like I said, it's going to be a lower scoring slate and, Brian Robinson is the odds-on favorite to score a touchdown. Uh, you know, he has the best touchdown odds on this slate. So just getting one touchdown, maybe two here, would be more than enough in the captain slot. Um, but, yeah, just with the potential positive game script, this sets up perfectly for him. So he's definitely my captain play here. Yeah, Robinson is my top play uh, as well in the captain spot, just based on value. Uh, you know, obviously, you can go Saquon has got the highest projected ceiling. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Terry McLaurin – uh, he's always going to be in play. He, he roasted the Giants in that last game, and uh, it looks like Adoree's still going to be out. So there are some options. And obviously, you know, Antonio Gibson is another one. They're both Robinson and Gibson are on the injury report. 
Uh, Robinson's averaging 21 and a half touches per game over these last two. So he's overtaking Gibson. But uh, the way this commander team is is going run heavy, uh, there's a chance both of these backs get get 20 carries. Mm-hmm. So a lot of options. But yeah, I, I Robinson would be my top uh, choice as well. Uh, who do you like for dart throws? Do you like darts, Ted? Oh, okay. I'm more of a, you know, a cornhole man myself. Yeah, so for Washington, it's kind of tough because they're, they're kind of top heavy, and then all the guys that might be dart throws suck, and I don't want to use them. So yeah. uh, it was it was kind of a toss up between Samuel and Jahan Dotson. I'll let you take the other guy. I'm taking Curtis Samuel here. Um, but you you know, with Samuel, he he had a really rough stretch, but at least heading into the bye, he had a pretty big game against the, these Giants. Uh, he had a six catch game for six three yards, um, and he's been you know getting three to four rush attempts per game recently so you know with brian robinson popped up on the injury report he's been limited in practice which is kind of uh, unsettling because they just had a bye week um so if he and gibson are limited somewhat with injuries that could mean even more design touches for curtis samuel here um so in a game they should lead um you know they might have a more conservative game plan that could mean more targets and design rush attempts to samuel so i do like him here uh, in a game that should be lower scoring and on the other side um I just went with Matt Breida just because it does look like Saquon Barkley is, you know, falling apart to close out the season. I think you mentioned that a couple weeks ago that just this workload has really taken a toll on him. So, um, you know, they could continue to limit him, which would be more work for Matt Breida and Gary Brightwell. Um, Since this does look like it will be a trailing game script, um, I would prefer Breida since he does handle more of the third down work um, and two minute drill. He actually ran the two minute offense. Um, last week so when, when they like to spell Barkley uh, Breida will take over those you know passing situations so um, and he also saw a goal line touchdown a couple weeks ago so he's probably going to get the more high leverage touches in terms of fancy um, so I think just on a slate like this it's, it's pretty rough on the giant side I think taking a swing on a guy like Matt Breida makes sense yeah uh, you know I, I actually do think Barkley will be better this week uh, he, you know he they, he got him some rest in that Eagles yeah. game so, I mean, from a health perspective, yeah, he's. I don't think he's going to be the Saquon of earlier. Right. But I, I do think he'll be better than he has been in, in pre- previous weeks. And the, the, listen, this is the Giants. I mean, this is a playoff game for the Giants. So yeah. I, I think you are going to get a good Saquon effort. Uh, Breida will still mix in, obviously. Brightwell will probably be the odd man out. But, uh, yeah, mm-hmm. I do. I wouldn't mind, you know, Saquon in the captain spot in this spot. I think yeah. he might be a little too scared now after, like, the, what was it, you know, three, four weeks in a row of just, eh, not really great production. So, uh, do Yeah, I think here. both extremes are here. Use Barkley in the, the captain slot or Breida's dart throw. Um, obviously, I'm not projecting Barkley for just nine rush attempts here. I'm not projecting for 22 either. I've got him right in that 15, 16 range. But – Again, there there is a path for Brita to see just enough work uh, to hit on a one game slate with, with, with a ton of bad options, in my opinion. Yeah, I got. Uh, let's see, what do I got Barkley at? I got him up at about eighteen, so I, I got him a little. Oh, higher. okay. Yeah, he has he has a wide range of outcomes. Let's just put it that way. Yeah, I mean, this is again, this is the Giants Super Bowl in a sense. Like they need yeah. they need to win this game to keep with the playoffs. They you know got their ass busted by the Eagles. They Saquon was like, you know, I wasn't hurt. In that game, we just got our ass whipped, and so they they took me out. But uh, so I, I think I think Saquon is gonna um I think he's gonna get as much work as he can handle in this spot. Uh, dart throw wise, I am going with Dotson as you mentioned on the commander side. 
I think the matchup is really good for him. The Giants play the most man coverage in the league because they blitz the most. And, uh, you know, they, those two go hand in hand. And Dotson has four touchdowns on his 10 targets against man coverage this season. So he's been very explosive in beating man coverage. Tends to disappear for stretches because, you know, most defenses play zone, you know, 70, 80% of the time. And against zone, he's, he's not, the you know, you're going to go to Terry McLaurin first and, and foremost there. But uh, I think Dotson in some single coverage, uh, Noah Dory Jackson, uh, I think Dotson could take advantage here. So really like him. And uh, on the Giants side, I'll go with Isaiah Hodgins. He's second uh, among the Giants pass catchers who will be active in this game with one and a half yards per route against uh, man coverage. And Washington, you know, they're top 11 in DVOA versus number one receivers, tight ends, and running backs. Number two and threes, they're 26. So uh, whatever you consider Hodgins, he's kind of the number two at this point. Ran route 88% of the time each of the last two games. Uh, I think he can have a big game here. I know everyone's going to kind of be looking at Slayton to lead them, but, you know, Hodgins is a kind of dark horse to lead the team uh, in receiving. And uh, it looks like Richie James is still, I think he's in the concussion protocol, so not a guarantee uh, to be at full strength there. So, yeah, like uh, like Hodgins for the Giants. Yeah, I was going to say, if, if Richie James is ruled out, who would they use in the slot? Um, I mean, Kenny Galladay would probably enter the rotation, right? So he'd be uh, in play if uh, James is out, but, like, Nah, I think uh, I mean no. He he would be in play, but I wouldn't play him. So, uh, I would probably. Yeah, I'm saying his route run rate would be. Yeah, I think it's. I think let's see. I think Marcus Johnson might get some more work. Oh yeah, that. that's true. Yeah. Let's see, uh, I could check that because yeah, that's that's true. They they might. Have, I think they just signed somebody to the uh, to the practice squad. Oh, Jaden Mickens, they just signed to the practice squad, so he might. Jesus. Get some, yeah, play some <laughs> uh, play some slot. Hey, maybe. hey, maybe uh, Matt Burrito will line up. A little bit in the slot, yeah. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I, oh, Lawrence Cager, they could, they could actually. Oh yeah, that's right. He's been a healthy. Uh, he's been a healthy scratch. Well, Bellinger, Bellinger's banged up too, so Cager could be in play either way. Yeah, um, it looks like Slayton actually has the most slot snaps after Richie James and Wandale, so I think they would kind of kick him inside at times, and it, it would just be and, a and let Galladay run wind spritz on the perimeter. Okay. Yeah, Galladay <laughs> and, and probably uh oh no, they probably get uh Hodgins and, and Marcus Johnson and yeah, Galladay <laughs> should be, be in there too. But what a dumpster fire this slate this team is. I mean projecting this wide receiver rotation all season has been the biggest nightmare, right? Uh, aside from the Rams running backs, like yeah, yeah the Giants I mean, receivers. After a while it just kind of became like it, it kind of became clear. It was like, all right, it's going to be Slayton. And then when they picked up Hodgins and played him as like a starter that first game, it was like, all right. So it's kind of cleared up a little bit. But uh, yeah, I, I, if if James is out, that that's a very interesting conundrum because yeah, no one really is a primary slot. I mean, James <laughs> would be active too. But either way, I think Hodgins, you know, he's kind yeah. of following that Slayton path of you know just getting yep. more and more chemistry with Daniel Jones, who's playing pretty well uh, mm-hmm. down stretch, by the way. Uh, luck rankings. Looks like, what do we got for uh, Giants Commanders? Yeah, so the uh, the Giants rank fourth and the Commanders rank sixth. So that's you know they've both been pretty lucky this year. Uh, according to that, that's a two rank differential. We're staying away from this when it comes to to luck rankings. Do you do you like the Commanders minus four and a half here though? Or oh no, I already got the Giants. 
Like, yeah, I was saying, like, the, the, they're going to be more motivated. This is their season, so it makes sense. To, I mean, it's, uh, just, it's just kind of crazy. Like, the, the Commanders, this is their largest spread of the season, like four and a half yeah. in, in a division game that the Giants could have won. Uh, you know, first of all, that they were leading for, like, almost the last 20 minutes, give up the big play, and then miss a game-winning field goal as time expires. So it's not even as if the Giants got uh, – run out of the you know run out of the building or anything so yeah, yeah four and a half uh that that is uh it's pretty mind-boggling uh number there so yeah i'll be on the giants but uh you know that's why that's why i say I, I do like some barkley uh maybe people won't will be a little bit scared off here but i, I think it could be uh, a 25 carry game for barkley you know the efficiency might not be there because the washington run defense is good but uh, he gets it in the end zone. Uh, you know, he'll, he'll, he'll be in business. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you will hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Now on the Sleeper. Sleeper is the fastest growing fantasy platform today with millions of players. You probably already have a fantasy league on there. I use it for mine. It's a game-changing product unlike anything else in the industry. And now you can win on Sleeper by playing their new over-under game. It's super simple. First, in any sport, choose two or more players that you like and pick the over-under. For example, rushing yards in football or number of points in basketball. Then choose the amount of money that you want to enter into the contest. If you pick correctly, you can win anywhere from two times to 20 times the money you put in. The main reason I'm excited about Over Under on Sweeper is that it's the only app where I can join my friends contest and play together. It's got a built-in group chat where I can see and copy my group's picks with the tap of a button along with Over Under integrated into the fantasy experience itself. It's insanely fun to ride it out together. So stop what you're doing and download Sleeper now to play their new over-under game. Have fun with your friends and make some money. On your mobile phone, join our listener group on Sleeper at sleeper.com slash action. And Sleeper will automatically match your first deposit up to $100. Again, go to sleeper.com slash action and you'll get a $100 match on your first deposit. Terms and conditions apply. See Sleeper's terms of use for details. All right, let's jump to Monday night. Rams at Packers. Baker's about to bake. (laughs) Who do you like in the captain spot? Um, so I like Aaron Jones here. Um, you know, he was limited due to a shin injury um, in their week 13 game against the Bears. 
but he should be much closer to 100%, I'm assuming, following their bye week. And we've seen the Packers just commit to him as a workhorse back when he's been healthy this season. So while this is a tougher matchup on the ground, you know, the Rams ranked fifth in DVOA against the run. Um, it should be a bit easier if Aaron Donald is ruled out again. Um, plus, they could just use Aaron Jones in the passing game as sort of an extension of the run game. Either way, he has just a massive ceiling uh, on a one-game slate. So I- I'm going to have to go with Aaron Jones here. Yeah, it's it. I mean, what do you think of Dylan? Because, I mean, Dylan was kind of bumping up in usage pretty – like, he was kind of out of the picture most of the year, not doing as much as we thought he would. And these last couple of weeks, it seemed like he – you know, he started to to get a bigger and bigger role. So you think that was just kind of because Jones was a little banged up or? Yeah, just based on how they've been using him all season, I think that was absolutely the case. Um, I would not be surprised. I, I would, I've been surprised this year how little they've used A.J. Dillon. Um, he and Kareem Hunt uh, were pretty big busts for me right now. You know, I love taking those backup <laughs> running backs with upside, but uh, neither one has had a big enough role to be, you know, an RB3 or even flex in fantasy. So yeah, maybe after... I, I look, I think Dylan's great, uh, but the way they've been using him, they just want to lean on Aaron Jones. Maybe that changed after the bye, but I still think that Aaron Jones is going to be fresh. Um, so we'll see him, you know, return to more of the workhorse role we saw earlier in the season. Uh, I'm going with Christian Watson in the captain spot. Still love this guy. All he does is score touchdowns, but now the underlying metrics are starting to match up, you know, so he's not just going to be touchdown dependent. Uh, you know, he's running over around an over 90% of the dropbacks in three of his past four games. And we know the Rams play a ton of zone coverage. Uh, they're not really going to do anything crazy. They're not going to uh, man up and do anything exotic. They're just going to play their zone. And uh, that's what it's going to be. And Watson is the only Packer pass catcher with multiple touchdowns against zone coverage this season. And you know, he's caught 15 to 20 passes against zone had a uh, 12 of 22. We had a couple drop, uh, three drops. So it could be even better. Uh, I just think coming out of the bye, Aaron Rodgers says he's feeling better, finger feeling better. Uh, I, I think this guy Watson is going to continue to uh, to explode on the scene. So uh, got to have some Christian Watson exposure. Yeah. You know, they've been giving him uh design carry here or there. Um, you, you'd figure after the bye, he's probably a lock to get at least one. Um, but the, I would not be surprised if they start giving more, uh, you know, design rush attempts because at the end of the day, you just want to get the ball in his hands. Um, so I, I'm projecting closer to one carry. He's all the way up to my uh, wide receiver 11 now, um, which is pretty crazy. But uh, yeah, love is upside here. He's he's almost a no brainer in the captain slot for this game. Wide receiver 11. Does that, does that mean you have uh, over 0.5 touchdowns for him? I have him at 0.5 exactly. Okay. Yeah, I have him Look at that. 0.46. So I'm right there. Got to bump that up. Where do you have him ranked now? Uh, he... 18. 18. Oh, so, okay. I mean, still in the top 20, but yeah, 11. That's uh, <laughs> that's because yeah. I have DeAndre Hopkins still down at like 20. Um, I got I got to put Rondell Moore out. Um, <laughs> so maybe maybe Watson will fall to 12 when I do the update. I have I have Hopkins <laughs> exactly exactly at 12. So yeah, it'll, it'll okay. Yeah. That range for you too. Uh, uh, who do you like for dart throws? Y'all take your darts over here pretty seriously, huh? <laughs> All right. So obviously I won't be on any more Kyron Williams props ah. uh, or any, you know, Rams props the rest of the season. <laughs> uh, but I do like him as a dart thrower here. And, you know, how many times <laughs> have, have I been high on a guy? And then one to two weeks later, he just goes off. So I'm sticking with him here. Um, I, I'm still interested at least in investing in his ceiling 
Uh, and, you know, one game showdown slate and a GBP is the perfect time to do that. Again, I'm not saying to take the over on his receiving yards. That's a median prop. He doesn't have a high enough floor to do that. Um, and, you know, just this backfield is so unpredictable with McVay and how he's been changing it up uh, week to week. So it could easily swing Kyron's way. I'm not saying that will happen, but he does have a high ceiling if that does. Um, and there should be a trailing game script. You know, there's seven point underdogs. So this is a game where he actually could end up having three, maybe five receptions here. Um, so I, I'm definitely going to have some flyers out there with Kyron Williams and GPPs. Hate to say it, but sticking with them. Um, and then, man, on the Packers side, with Romeo Dobbs potentially returning, um, you know, this wide, rec- wide receiver situation is kind of tricky behind Lazard and Watson. I'll let you take a stab at that. But I'm going to just go with Robert Tunyon. Um, and he has been quiet this year, um, but he's still running around, you know, in the 65% range week to week. He hasn't scored a touchdown since week four. So, you know, th- there's a chance coming out of the bye. Maybe they want to get him more involved, especially in the red zone. Um, and the Rams have a lot of touchdown to a tight end five of the last seven games. So there is a path here for Tunyon hitting. It's going to be him scoring a touchdown. Um, so I think he is worth a dart throw, at least in a couple lineups. Um, but outside of that, it's kind of murky how how the Packers are going to handle the wide receiver rotation if Dobbs does return this week. Yeah, uh, uh, Tanyan also is pretty good against zone coverage. Him and Deguara. So yeah, Deguara. Yeah, uh, both of those guys. Yeah, I would I would be on the lookout for a touchdown from those guys. Usually, you're not getting volume these days uh, from these Packer tight ends with all the receivers healthy, as, as you mentioned. But uh, you know, one game slate, you could get a touchdown from either of those guys. Uh, but yeah, I like Randall Cobb. In this, but I don't think anything's going to change. I think it's going to be Watson, mm-hmm. Lazard, Cobb, and Dobbs is going to go to the fourth wide receiver role into that like uh, Watkins, Teray role. He's probably going to run around like you know twenty five percent of the time, like mm-hmm. for number four wide receivers do. Because you know to start the year, the Packers were searching for you know somebody to step up, but now you know Lazard's back, Watson stepped up, and we know Rodgers loves Cobb in the in the slot. So Dobbs just goes back to what probably we thought he was going to be when he was drafted, which is the fourth receiver. Uh, so, yeah, I, I don't think it's going to – I mean, Watkins potentially or, or Teray could be a, a scratch. I think you could see one of those two. Yeah. But uh, as far as the top three, I think it's going to pretty much uh, remain the same. So, like, any, any any clue uh, – just real quick, just any clue why Cobb's routes run rate fell uh, to 41% um, before the buy? Uh, I think it was – it was just, uh, who are they playing? The um, Bears. And they were trailing, too. They ended up winning by nine points, but they were trailing for most of the game. Um, So it was just kind of bizarre to see. Uh, Torre. Yeah, Torre got 28. Yeah. I don't so know. So that was just fluky. I mean, You're... yeah, it's, you know, it's Randall Cobb. He might have got banged up. I don't remember off the top of my head, but. Gotcha. I mean, 40, 60, it's, it's, I'm projecting him for 50. So it's, you know, it's. That's fair. Yeah. Kind of in, he's going to be in that range. I mean, that's just the life of a number three receiver uh, in general. Yeah. But, uh, and, and I like Teray as well. But again, I, I think he's at risk of, of being a scratch. But Cobb is the top Packers receiver in yards per route against zone coverage at 2.1. And the Rams, again, play the third most zone in the league. So I, I do think Cobb. Can have some success here. And on the Rams side, love Tutu Atwell. Uh, his routes have gone from 47% three weeks ago to 51% two weeks ago, 63% last week. Uh, McVeigh's talking him up. 
He's got a 27% target rate per route and an average depth of target of 22. So a lot of different ways that he can score fantasy points. He's got 48 or more receiving yards in four of his last six games and 36% of his catches have gone for 20 yards or more. So this guy's just a big play waiting to happen. But now because the Rams are just so banged up, he's starting to get volume. And there's a a, a good, like he's probably, you know, right up there with uh, Skaronic and Jefferson, uh, probably even as far as who could lead the team in, in receiving in this game and, and just going forward for the rest of the season. So uh, I think Tutu Atwell is going to have a little, little mini breakout here, you know, was a uh, second round pick a year ago. They just really didn't get him on the field. They always had those veterans ahead of them. But now that everyone's hurt, uh, you know, McVay even said, Hey, I kind of regretted not, not doing this sooner, but he, because he's really stepped up. So he's a guy I'm looking yeah. to, to continue to, uh, to emerge. We got a firsthand look at him. It looked pretty good. Was yeah. get, drawing penalties, getting open downfield. Uh, Mayfield was going to him a lot, even though he just got there two days ago. So yeah, I think Atwell, like if any, like if there's a random dude to just have like <laughs> crazy five game stretch to end the year that comes out of nowhere, uh, Atwell would be my pick. Yeah, no, that wouldn't be that crazy. Like you said, he has a second round talent. He's, you know, he's got major speed. I'm sure if they had to do the draft over again, they would have taken Amon Ross St. Brown, mm-hmm. um, who was still on the board. But either way, he's talented. And yeah, th- this is the time you would think they would be looking to see what they have in Kyron Williams, looking to see what they have in Tutu Atwell. So yeah, he could definitely be unleashed here. So you're not taking any dart throws on Malcolm Brown? Long pass to the fullback. Got a nice block from the fullback. How many tackles can one man break? Oh, look at the fullback. Down the sideline. Big Santa. Lovely. Touchdown. Like a runaway beer truck down the sideline. Yeah, we're, we're doing our best to, to keep the fullback position alive and thriving. Make fullbacks great again. Oh, I was going to say, we do have a fullback. <laughs> On this slate, and his name is Malcolm Brown. He's about 300 ah. pounds, and he just stands there on third down, wasting Kyron Williams' precious third down snaps. Um, but no, not interested. Ben Skaronik is actually a full. Oh, yeah, that's true. He is a full. <laughs> well, now he's a full time receiver, but uh, yeah, yeah. there was that experiment earlier in the season. Yeah, Malcolm Brown, man, he played what, 18 snaps? last game so and he's not even officially on the active roster right i think he's still on a practice squad and will have to be elevated so it's it's, it's if, if he's not elevated then it'll just be a, a ronnie rivers game uh <laughs> i think no matter what McVay. i mean honestly they, they're probably just preserving kyron for next season um you know he did come back from the injury um uh, that knocked him out for a while so maybe they're just trying to be cautious with them but yeah it does look like cam is gonna be the lead back uh the rest of the way is Tyler Higby considered a dark throw at this point? Or <laughs> man. <laughs> yeah, I I guess it's he's just blocking a lot more these days. And uh, you know, I mean, there's a new quarterback, so I mean yeah. the potential for him to jump back up, but I mean it doesn't seem promising because you know, McVeigh is kind of deliberate with 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 the receivers. I mean, when when Higby broke out, it was like, all right, they were, you know, he was running routes and it, it, he was a major uh, part of the game plan in the past yep. and this year it seems like the exact opposite so I don't know what's going on with McVay if certain guys just like pissed him off this year <laughs> I mean between between the cam makers like hot and cold the yeah. Daryl Henderson cut uh Higby disappearing Allen Robinson really you know took like weeks for him to do anything I, it's just been an odd year so I, I really do wonder what's going on behind closed doors uh yeah. when they're game planning for that offense but 
Uh, you know, it's, it, I got Higby at tight end 15. He's not the worst play, but I, I really think uh, Atwell is, is the guy that, yeah. that's going to continue to break out on the Rams. And, and Skaronic probably as well, you know. Uh, and Je- yeah. Jefferson, Atwell, Skaronic, uh, you know, those three guys, I think that's that's a pretty, you know, if, if they continue playing well, that's a solid receiving core. Obviously, it's not Cup and Woods. Yeah. Them, but uh, I think McVay will be happy. Uh, if those guys continue to play well. So, yeah, Higby like, looks like an afterthought. And our boy Lance McCutcheon looks like an afterthought as well, even though he had that crazy play. Oh, yeah, no, he's he's not in play here. But I, I'm just wondering, I mean, what we saw Baker Mayfield do on Thursday night was just nothing short of a miracle. Um, he was just basically winging it out there. So I'm just thinking after a week of practice, a more structured game plan, maybe Tyler Higby gets a few catches here. That's, that's all I was trying to get at. But, uh, yeah, looking forward to see uh, Baker Mayfield, how he looks in game two here. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it's probably going to be the opposite. It's probably with practice. <laughs> Baker's probably going to yeah. throw a few to the other team this week. You know, it's like, it's, it's the come down game, isn't it? Yeah, if anything, just fake an injury, uh, sit out the rest of the season, just let everybody think about that last game we just saw, because it's probably only going to get worse from there. Yeah, and I mean, there was, a, I did hear a rumor that Stafford, there was like a chance Stafford might retire, and then, then he's going to be back in the offseason. So I, I don't know what to believe, but I mean, there's at least an outside shot that Baker yeah. is in to be the, the future QB here. I mean, if McVay could, could, could make Goff go to the Super Bowl, I, you know, yeah. Mayfield's probably not the worst, worst option. True. But, uh, all right, uh, luck rankings. Luck be a lady tonight. This is another close one. Um, Rams rank, rank 23rd and Packers are 24th. So that's, that's a luck ranking differential of one. No play here. Uh, do you have a lean here either way? Nah, nothing, nothing yet. Uh, you know, this is kind of, uh, I mean, it's probably cold weather games. Maybe I look at a prop in this one, but not, nothing as far as the uh, the side is concerned. Yeah, especially since we, we don't know which Baker Mayfield we're going to get this week. Yeah, I mean, just go uh, Christian Watson anytime touchdown. Yeah. There you go. It's every week. What is it, even money right now? Probably, probably, probably minus. Yeah, probably minus yeah. Like 30. <laughs> take, take him two touchdowns then for like five to one odds or something. Yeah, I mean, that's all he does, score touchdowns. But that's going to do it for the Week 15 Fancy Flex Night Shift episode. To check out all of our fantasy embedding content, hit up actionnetwork.com. And for more great fantasy content from Sean and I, be sure to check out our full player projections episode out right now over on the Action Network podcast channel. And of course, our fantasy preview episode right here on the Fantasy Flex podcast. Also check out the news and waivers episode of Fantasy Flex every Monday from Samantha Praviti and Mike Triplett. Be sure to follow Sean on Twitter at the underscore oddsmaker. I'm at Chris Raybon, and you can find us at those same handles on the free award-winning Action Network app. Until next time, let's get this money. Action Network reminds you, please gamble responsibly. If you or someone you care about has a gambling problem, help is available 24-7 at 1-800-GAMBLER.